Hey folks, and tonight's episode is brought to you by YesPleaseVintage.com. If you're in the States and a fan of vintage and upcycled housewares and clothing, give YesPleaseVintage.com a check for clothing, jewelry, homeware, and some really awesome finds. So go check them out now at YesPleaseVintage.com. And currently, if you spend over $60, you get free shipping on all orders. Tonight we're talking obviously about an erotic ghost story, which is, as the title suggests, an erotic ghost story starring Amy Yip. Um, it's also a film in that ever-popular category of Hong Kong cat-free cinema, a cat classification system which basically works the same as the UK's 18, the restrictive rating I want to say for the States. Because um, I don't think they have the X anymore, do they? I don't think so. I think they have is it seven uh, something at seventeen and yeah R NC seventeen and R isn't it? Yeah, and then with the Hong Kong, I believe it's the R eighteen. Yeah. So uh, yeah, just a sort of bit of housekeeping, I suppose. In China, there are no sense. There are no ratings. Yeah. There's just government censorship, <laughs> and and whilst we are talk, so we're talking at sort of the late eighties, early nineties. This Cat Three thing came in. This this rating, um, it basically. I think I think we can blame our mate John Woo to start with, um, where a better tomorrow, cause some panty girdle tightening at the uh, in the film industry in Hong Kong although it wasn't a cat free film in the end it sort of put together a to after 1988 this 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 rating system in Hong Kong of which cat 3 is it, it it's it's different it's not quite the same as an 18 it's it it's for a certain sort of extreme cinema in terms of sex and violence that probably wouldn't pass muster in our world, but was incredibly popular and covers a whole bunch of genres. And some of it's quite hard for us to talk about, but um, the important thing about um, Erotic Ghost Story is that it kind of, it was really, really, really fucking popular <laughs> and kind of legitimised category three films as films people would go and see so it almost had it helped have the opposite effect the idea was oh we make these films this this rating no one will go and see it so you know in the states isn't it that's the thing if something is 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 the top rating that's a death knell to its box office people won't go see it and people cut films and cut five seconds out of films just so it won't get an r rating Well, in this time in Hong Kong, it had the opposite effect. Oh, we can see some boobies or we can see some real strong violence and some real gross out shit. <laughs> and it's kind of, you know, Herman Yao movies or the things like The Untold Story 
wouldn't have been possible before they invented this place to put these films into. And there's a ton of film directors and and talent that cut their teeth in this in this genre. I mean, it's a it's a very Hong Kong thing. It doesn't really exist anymore because now Hong Kong is fully part of China. They can't do any of this shit. But it's as part of this golden age, we've got this two tier system going on where we've got the films starring Leslie Chung or Anita Mui or um, Andy Lau, you know, the, the 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 superstars. At the same time, there's like this exploitation. I think that's the best way to call it: exploitation cinema thing going on with some of the people people like anthony wong who you and i think of as a a god amongst men <laughs> look out for the month teeth. of wong coming up soon <laughs> yeah and, and we could do that yeah we absolutely could do that and you would find he's in all kinds of films but he's also in films about dirty fucking um, kitchen workers who spread aids around <laughs> yeah um anti wong's yeah as you said anti wong's in a whole bunch of uh cat free movies mainly because he plays a lot of like villains and grotesque people so as you said already he's in the ebola syndrome he's in human pork chop and human pork chop 2 um and we it's funny when you look at this list because when we the problem is like much like the uk's video nasties list as soon as something like has a cat free rating it sort of highlights it as being something to check out for mainly for like you know the the gore hounds and the kids who like things on the little more extreme thing and there are some very unique and interesting titles here i mean most of the films that got the cat free rating came in at 88 but there was about I don't know, about 12 films that uh, came out pre-88 that were retroactively given the ratings, such as like Hong Kong Godfather, The Seventh Curse, Digital Encounter the First Time, Devil Fetus. Um, I mean, the only, the, the, the only one I know from that is The Seventh Curse, which is not... It's just a Chow Yun-Fat version of Indiana Jones. There's nothing... <laughs> nasty about it it's weird yeah but, but yes. loving a puff is also a cat free movie because of its yeah. smoking as a central theme yeah so loving the puff loving a puff is like one of the first, one of the last true cat three films and edward pang is leaning into it so this, yes the smoking and this in fact it's got a positive portrayal of smoking at a time where they were trying to ban it in workplaces and you know just like it was all over the world in during 2000 onwards but also, it's got, and, and you and I won't really get this, but it uses the Cantonese language in its foulest form. One of the wonderful things about Cantonese is the way that the locals are quite filthy with the language. And Love and a Puff leans into that, which makes it part of that. And he also lent into it with um, Vulgaria, where he literally talk, made a film about making a Cat 3 film. But yeah, there are there are... The more modern, the sort of post-2000 Cat 3 films, on the whole, are probably quite... I'm just having a look at the list here. We're looking at things like Three Extremes, the original Three yeah. Extremes. Not. We're looking at Dumplings, we're looking at Abnormal Beauty. Election was a Cat 3, yeah. which we've talked about on this show, which I don't think either of us would really consider. Um, election's got the, that uh, really bloody knife sequence in it, and you've also got someone getting bludgeoned with a log. Um, election I... 2 has someone being put through a meat grinder and yeah, beaten with a sledgehammer. 
but I, I don't know. It just felt they just feel like fifteens to me. I, I, maybe I've become probably because oh, compared to the golden age, you you cannot you know the untold story or um, what Chinese torture chamber uh, story. Yeah, uh, Viva Erotica, <laughs> which was nominated for the best film at the 16th Hong Kong Film Awards. <laughs> yeah, Viva Erotica's again a little bit different, but they were, you know, they 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 were strong. I, I, this isn't the era of all the rape by an angel and stuff, though. Is yes, it, it is because that, 88 to it, 99 it, is when you got like uh, rape by an angel, and it's the Wikipedia actually notes that rape by an angel two and five are rated as category. Um, 2B, which is the category below the cap three. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so it, it is a Chinese torture chamber stories, things like that. They are, you're right, Rape Ryan Angel, yeah, they're all in there. I didn't, hadn't noticed it. But yeah, but um, yeah, I just think that and then Riccio, Robotrix, things like that are in that. And But the 2000 ones, I don't know, they just feel like they're almost... They're just adult movie. No, adult movies is the wrong phrase. I think but... were the the ones in the the ones in the two thousand. So things like Shinjuku Incident, Dream Home, um, Revenge of the mm. Love Story. The oh, very Dream Home should Dream Home should be Dream Home's got a cock chopping. In fact, that's on brand for us. Why haven't we covered it yet? I keep waiting for you to bring it up because I know it's one of your favourites. <gasps> I love that. Film, um, but... but a lot of the stuff you see in this, I mean, obviously like dumplings and stuff, is a little more extreme, but. Um, they seem to fall into what's sort of pretty standard for violence of in like modern cinema when we compare it to like the West. Um, mm. There's nothing particularly sort of like nothing that sort of stands out when you compare it to like the 80s um, mm. Hong, and I 90s Hong Kong cinema. And it's like even now it's like, whoa, that's. Uh... Yeah, I, mean, I think that's I think that's what I was getting at. This sort of post 2000 thing. There's a couple in there, but. Abnormal Beauty, so it's a Pang Brothers if it's not both of them, it's one of them it's one of them isn't it, because it's a crossover with something else, has got some really disturbing themes in it but it's not it's nothing compared to an R-rated or an 18 UK film those films back in the 80s and 90s or or those late 80s, 90s I'd I'd feel dirty having a copy of some of them (laughs) I remember watching um, Ebola syndrome for the first time, and I couldn't believe what I was watching. You know, is it is it ultra gory or is it? You know, I I love her. It's Herman Yao, isn't it? He's the director. Yeah. Um. It, but it's just the content and the story and uh, what it is, and it's but it's still riffing on this kind of Hong Kong cinema, just sort of making it up as it goes along, yeah. which we've lost. Um, and they, but they just make no mistake. These films were popular, and it's no, also no mistake that a huge number of those films are available to us in the West. A surprising number of Cat Three films are us in the West. So, hmm, interesting. But yes, back to where we started. I guess Erotic Ghost Story was the was was a huge bloody success. Um, did it make Amy Yip? I'm not sure if it made. I think she was already popular, but she was the big draw. And I will posit to you now. You you know, I don't know if you, had you watched it before. I'd seen it a long time ago. 
and I think I must have been more distracted by some of the saucier elements to really like focus yeah. on how awful this story is. Yeah, so to th- come back to that in a second, but it's a better made film than it deserves to be. <laughs> it's got some really beautiful, um, especially now it's all been scrubbed up nice. Yeah, for, it um, is very nice now. For 88 films, isn't it? But the, the the cinematography, some of the camera movement. Not going to say much about the uh, the acting, but it's a way better looking and made film than you would expect something to be a Cat Three. Um, and some of that, you know, th- and that that eighty eight films Blu Ray is, if if you're into it, is well worth it for a number of reasons. Right, I said I was going to come back to something. You said something, and it made me think of it. What was it? What did you say? If only I could re- rewind what we were recording. <laughs> oh, crikey. What's it? Ah, yes. So, two things. One is, this is based on a story... Um, oh, crikey. Who's it a story by? It's a, it's a famous book that... Yes. So, Pu Songling's Strange Tales from a Chinese Studio, which is the sort of collection of short stories that are a bit weird and strange but have inspired all kinds of films um over the years so it's it's based on a on a popular let's say like a like fa- book of fairy tales that's a probably the a bad example but yes things like painted skin is also adapted from one of these stories um not painter skin too and and there's a few other and there's loads of tv shows so so the story itself will be familiar to people it's also a complete fucking rip-off of the witches of eastwick is it now i've never seen witches of eastwick so i would take a word for that it is literally a hong kong period version of witches of eastwick without jack nicholson or anything like that and there is a scene in it which is literally lifted from witches of eastwick so that's interesting how those two things can be. Um, yeah, Witches of Eastwick's quite a good film. And it's one of those films I'll probably go back to this year as part of my um, Let's Revisit Everything from the 80s and 90s I watched. But, yeah, if you remember the... Do you know the moment where they're eating the fruit and they then start puking it out again? Yes, yeah. That's in a Witches of Eastwick, oh, okay. literally, that scene. Um, and But the general story is the same. Um and maybe I'll hand back over to you to talk about the general story, as we normally do. <laughs> okay, so the film itself follows three Taurus-following sisters. We've got the big sister, Susu, played by Mansui. Uh, we've got middle sister, Hai Hai. I believe that's how you said, H-U-A. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hua Hua. Hua uh, Played by Amy Yip. And we've got younger sister, Fei Fei, played by Tomi Kudo who all arrive in the new town and are basically hiding the facts that they're Fox spirits turned human, but at the same time, their magic is sort of threatening to wear off unless they find a way to sort of avoid reverting back into their their fox form. Yeah, so they they want to become humans, don't they? And although they're all three of them are voluptuous young ladies <laughs> with attractive assets all over, they're meant to not do anything sexual in order to remain human. And uh, they're fucking useless at it. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, we 
we open with one of the sisters basically using her magical powers to um, to basically convince a bunch of bandits to that they're making up with an with uh, some attractive young ladies, only for it to then reveal that their corpses are. Um, and shortly afterwards, we're introduced to Amy Yip, who the camera chooses to focus on her best assets, which is her bosom, which it shoots with the whole frame before two characters remarking for a good five minutes about the size of her boobs being the size of teacups. Yeah, big teacups. Um, <laughs> which, <laughs> which I'm sure is a miscommunication uh, in the dub there because he's holding up a teapot. So yeah, I think I think he means like a cauldron, you know, that you'd heat the hot water up in yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, Amy Yip is, which I believe you've talked about her, her before. She was sort of known for her larger assets than uh, many yeah. of her fellow actresses. And so, yeah, let, let's let, let's talk about Amy Yip because she's a big deal in this era of Hong Kong cinema. Um, I talked a little while ago about, you know, those superstars that would, weren't working in Cat 3. But Amy Yip put bums on seats because she was a pretty girl with big boobs. But actually, never really showed anything off. <laughs> um there's this whole thing called the yip slip which is basically where you see her side boob but you never see nipples there is a film where you do see her nipples but there is a i can't believe i'm even saying these words out loud but there's a whole bunch of stuff about the triads involved and you know as as is as is de rigueur for films about the hong kong film it's tales about the hong kong film industry in in the in the 80s and 90s so she was kind of forced into it but the thing was she did have big boobs on a small frame which is quite unusual in asian actresses even the ones with large breasts normally tape them down it's not it's not something that's viewed it's viewed to be quite vulgar but she made it a thing and she became a superstar in hong kong and in asia even though there aren't you know shu kui that you know award-winning actress made her name in porno and there's everything is available there's nothing like that for amy yip um it's just hard to explain what a big star i'm trying to think of an equivalent mate where someone's probably known for being sexy but it turns out there's no there's nothing behind it it's just the image and she's still today you know incredibly famous she gets tracked down by the paparazzi still she runs a I think she runs a restaurant or something, or owns a restaurant. Yeah, she went um, into like the food and beverage uh, businesses mm. because she married an orthopedic surgeon, um, yeah. who she was dating since like the early nineties, and he unfortunately died of a heart attack. But um, there was rumours of her being involved with someone else, who it suggested was more of a stalker than than actually yeah. involved with her. But um, yeah, she she's she never had. Um, had children, anything like that, just to see. Uh, but no, she um, she married an orthopedic surgeon, and she was asked whether she would return to filmmaking, and she said that she didn't. And this film actually comes towards the end of her career because after this, you've got Lookout Officer, which is a cameo, and then you've got Doctor's Heart. Um, all of these films being released in nineteen ninety. So, yeah, you will see you will see a lot of Hong Kong actresses this era um, do basically end up marrying incredibly rich older men 
Um, some come back, like Michelle Yeoh did that, disappeared, then came back. But there's um, Isabella Leong, more recently she did it, but she came back. But it's just, I don't know. I, I think it's hard for women in the Hong Kong film industry. And I think they have to work hard. I don't think they're paid very well. And opportunities come up, and unfortunately it means we lose them. Um, Amy Yip isn't the world's greatest actress, but she has her fans. Uh, so much so, I reviewed a book from one of the fans, which everybody else loves, and I think is a leering piece of... Oh, was that the 2018 one that came out? Yeah. <laughs> it's the only book about her, and it's you know it's, 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 a, it's a self-published book, and bless him. 90% of the book's great because of the way it talks about it. There's a bit of an inconsistency, but there is a little bit leeriness where we go through one film trying to catch and see her nipple, and I just... Yeah, all right. I know that's what people do, but we don't need to sit in the leery detail. And to be fair, we've had a conversation about it, and he knows what I'm trying to say. I got attacked by people telling me I was woke. which <laughs> and not appreciating his effort to see a boob. <laughs> yeah, and um, um, yeah, it's it's fine. It, it's but what's important is that there is a book about her that's written in English. Um, so because because she is a really important character, this film is the you know it's it's the it's the, probably the highlight of her career. One of the, one of two films maybe that that people are able to see, and the fact that it is out on it. Anyway, sorry. Yes, we've got these three young Fox Spirit sisters. All living together, all trying to live a chaste life. <laughs> and, you say that, um, but um, there's a scene where we've got Hu uh, Hu and Fei Fei uh, having a lesbian makeout session in the hot springs, despite being sisters. Although we're not sure they're actually related. I don't. I think this is sisters in the sort of Chinese yeah. way that we've talked about before, where everyone's an uncle, everyone's an auntie, everyone's a granny. It's more that those. European words like brother and sister are more about no. friends and status. But yes, they do have a lesbian makeout. You're quite right, uh, which I'll talk about at the end. <laughs> um, and to throw into the mix, I mean, obviously, Susu finds, saves a young scholar called Wu Ming, um, who's been attacked, where well, he's been chased by a group of bandits. And upon discovering the fact that he's also kind of a slob, decides that she's going to look after him and introduces the other sisters um, to him when they start becoming suspicious of where she's disappearing during the day, um, eventually discovering that she's been uh, having her dalliances with Wu Ming. Um, this, of course, leads to all three sisters in pretty quick succession sleeping with Wu Ming, who it soon turns out is a demon. And not just a demon, we're talking bribe with a white hairstyle demon with two conjoined heads on the side of his head. Um, yeah. And probably one of the more exciting highlights of this movie. Um, yeah. So if there is a lot... So, so the first two thirds of the film, there is quite a lot of... I'll call it sex, mate. You might want to call it... There's a lot of softcore. <laughs> there is some softcore sex scenes that are pretty ab um, abundant in this. So this film more than lives up to its title. But as I said, this is the you know if you ever tried to order pornography off Amazon, it would be that sort of standard. It's you're not going to see see anything too exciting. You're just basically seeing an extended scene, like sex scene of like what we got in like 80s cinema before. 
um, like you know, late nineties and two thousand rolled around, and now nobody has sex on on cinema anymore. Yeah, although yeah, a lot of it is just boobies and naked butts rolling around on top. Yep. Apart from you will notice that one of our actresses <laughs> is Japanese, and for her. We get a round-the-world tour of her vagina. <laughs> there's, there's, there's basically one actress, the, the newer one who plays the older sister, has to do, I don't know, fairly standard sex, machi- sex machines, sex scenes. Yeah. Amy Yip does sex scenes somehow not showing off her nipples. And the Japanese girl gets... Fully exposed by the camera. There's another Japanese girl later who also has to go through. It's, they're treated very differently, I think, as women. And, I and I'm not being woke about it. It's just fucking clear. It's that very the Japanese girls. Yeah. The Japanese girls will do more than the Hong Kong girls, and that's a hot, fully cultural thing. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, when we like look at Itumi Kudo as um, as as Fei Fei, her sex scene is. Unsurprisingly, the longest of the three, and it's pretty much like she's doing um, one of her videos that somehow made it into <laughs> this film. And which scene the the production team you getting real heavy on the on the smoke the um the fog machine, so that yeah. the man is actually breathing and in exhaling smoke because <laughs> he's basically mm. basically writhing around in this smoky cabin that. No explainable reason why. And this is before we even get to see the sisters reverting back into their fox form, which um, includes a couple of weird-looking fox masks. Yeah. it's The whole period stuff's done very well. Some of the other special effects, less so. But, um, yeah, the hairy-chested bit is quite hilarious, isn't it? When they realise they're going back. But... Yeah, basically, we find out this has been a long con by um, by the previously mentioned. So he is mentioned as like a some kind of spirit of fertility, isn't he? Because in the village, there's some shrine to him um, when all the young ladies are going there to try and get pregnant. But yes, he he he's he's trying his best to lure these, to turn these, you know, to basically ruin these three fox spirits. Is, lives and turn them but I don't, I don't quite know why he's doing it he's just bad isn't he um and but he needs sex all the time i mean this is a real long con this could have just not happened <laughs> he could have just not got anything meanwhile let's not forget all this sex is bothering the neighbors <laughs> some funny little fella and his um what's meant to be a harridan of a wife but she keeps getting overly sexually charged and wanting. <laughs> is it like a carry-on film is going on next door? It is. <laughs> and um, what's the line he says? It's sort of like last time we did it, you almost froze my peepee, <laughs> <laughs> yes, which is just something. so stupid. I think I I zoned down to it because I said it. The, the sex scenes like between the three sisters come pretty much one after the other, so I kind of zoned yeah, down. Yeah. So it's like I had no real clue who this. This other couple worse. I'm glad you were paying more attention. No, so they are the so they so they're the neighbours, right? And the woman, so so, so the, the the woman who's an attractive lady, right? Who's married to this funny little I don't know what, but that that's you know arranged marriages for you. She doesn't she doesn't like the these three women who are basically walking around with their tits out all the time. 
you know, they're, they're not being very subtle about what they are. Obviously, her husband's cop to look at it, and she's not very happy, and she goes around to tell them off and to be good girls, and really, they should listen to her if they want to do what she's going to do. However, they do then, you know, she insults the, the god fella, the sex god, sex demon fella, and then he basically uses the girls to sort of humiliate her but yeah it's just weird the tonally this film is all over the place which is so classic hong kong cinema at the time but there's this there's this softcore porn going on over here there's some kind of story back from you know a classic story is trying to be told and there's a carry-on film in the house next door um but I just love this shit because it's just so random. <laughs> there is a lot of randomness, like um, when he's like, oh, I must be off, but let's eat some fruit before we go. And that obviously leads yeah. to uh, the the neighbour, Mrs. Wong, um, basically uh, puking, puking, puking up, puking up a load of fruit. Yeah, which is the, that is literally the scene from... Um, that's literally what happens in Witches of Eastwick. Yeah, and we've not even got to like the scene where he's like peeling the pineapple. No, um, no. <laughs> and she's being like stripped and seemingly violated by uh, what he's doing to this pineapple. Yeah, I don't really know why he's got it in for her in particular. It doesn't. There is other no than... <laughs> real reason why he would feel other other than she came around and was a bit of a noisy neighbour about things. Um, but come on. <laughs> and we've also got the uh, Tarish priest. Um, who basically knows what the deal is and um, mm. is essentially there to not only look like a human Ninja Turtle hybrid, but um, basically <laughs> to save the day because the sisters have got the power of robes and little elves. So they can wrap people up in, in uh, their robes, but that's about it. But he turns up with his uh, fly swat to start chopping off heads and and save the day so yeah there are there's a bit of grimness there as well isn't there thinking about we it. do when he but obviously yeah. shows his demon form and he's like tearing the face off that woman um mm. which is is kind of uh interesting the fact that when he goes without sex he's like he's kind of like a sec uh succubus in the fact that he's not having constant intercourse with these girls he like reverts into this old man he becomes quite disgusting looking so yeah I, it's <sighs> there's a lot packed into this but at the end of the day it's an Amy Yip movie and everyone's there for Amy (laughs) it's it's um weird but it's it's just such a beautiful print and there's so much excellent extra features as well um can I talk about one of the extra features please what you talk about the tv (laughs) interview did you get a chance to watch it I did and we have like the where they bring Amy and Amy Yip and uh Mansui and the host is just basically there leching away at them. And it's like, guys. I, I I do not know where they've got this from. So it's from a TV show called Celebrity Talk Show. We're three old fellas <laughs> who I think one of them's an old film director. One of them is... One um, of them's... I mean, maybe yeah, the other one of them's uh, Lamne K. Yes. Uh, yeah, is that's, it? Is that's it? the okay. actual director of the film. Okay. And I think one of them's the producer. And one of them's just a dirty old man. And they start off, so they what they've got, they bring a sofa into the film set. 
and the start off, it's kind of interesting. They talk about, oh, this is funny. This is not like how Tom Kong cinema used to be made. And you think they've got a bunch of stories. And then they start drinking. And then, like you say, first girl comes in and they lech over a little bit. Amy Yip comes in and they lech over a lot. Then the Japanese girl, who can't even fucking talk English, <laughs> is totally humiliated. There's a whole discussion about... Japanese submissiveness and it's like if you've ever been offended thing on a talk show you haven't and this must have been wrong for the time and they're getting more and more drunk <laughs> and more and more lechy and everyone's looking more and more uncomfortable I just love the bit where they go into the they have a discussion about the joy of breasts <laughs> yeah it's it's and and um Oh, the film director is always trying to tell stories about Chow Yun-Fat, isn't he? <laughs> well, you see, Chow Yun-Fat wouldn't be like that. It is one of the greatest extra features I've ever seen. And I'm guess is it on the Arrow Player, then? It isn't on the Arrow Player, because as I said, because this is a um, 88 films release. Mm, of course, but you can, yes. You can rent um, the film through Amazon. It's, it's easy to get hold of on Amazon. But as I said, if you can get hold of the disc... Just to watch this special, I I I'm 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 not a huge fan of extra features normally. I mean, I very rarely watch a film with a commentary on or something like that. And usually, usually what you're getting is puff pieces. Yeah, you're getting some. If it's like an interview thing, you think it's like watching them on Graham Norton. They're just there to sell the film. This is just different level, and I and it's all and it's also you know special to us because it's actually got subtitles and you can see what they're saying. I hope, hope, hope that there is more of this material for other films. <laughs> and it's all without context. There's nothing there that says, "Ah, oh, this is a, this is this is a show with about this." It's just there, and I, I'm just so glad I found it. I'm so glad you managed to find it as well. It's in a way, it's better than the movie. <laughs> yeah, the movie itself is. As I said, I think if I was, I was. Coming, coming to a younger age, and I suppose now kids um, have more access to to much worse stuff than there is in this movie. But back in the the day, when I uh, used to step late to watch like um, Confessions of a Taxi Driver or whatever, all the like the seventies smut movies, the carry on movies, you know, all the in hopes of seeing like a boob or something like that, then this would have been like an absolute gold mine of a movie. Indeed. Um, and I think that's how you need to think about it, yeah? So remember, contemporaneously, or just a little bit before this, we've had things like a Chinese ghost story, we've had um, Bribe with the White Hair, we've had these kind of sensual... I mean, there's no... This is this might be called erotic ghost story. There's no fucking ghosts in it. <laughs> there's, 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 there's fox spirits and demons and Taoist monks. There are no ghosts in it. So it's it's missed, but it's clearly trying to get on from the Leslie Chung, Joey Wang Chinese ghost story thing. You know, it's trying to get on the back of that. And there's 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 a whole bunch of history of you know Hong Kong films that uh, literally rip off the titles of other films and make you think it's the same. And you're right, it's built for maybe not teenagers because they wouldn't be allowed to go and see it would they but horny young 18 year old 20 year old Chinese men to go and watch this in the cinema and it would probably been the only chance they'd have got to see 
It's made for the uh, the made for the Chinese Travis Bickle to take the Chinese Daisy <laughs> on a date and go. A lot of couples go to this movie. <laughs> yeah, but it was enormously successful. It's and it feels, you know, it, compared to Mobius or something. Yeah, it's lightweight puff stuff. It yeah? is. It's, it's um. It, it's very overplayed. Um. The, the sex scenes, as I said, it's just a lot of boobs and bums and, and everything's very gratuitously shot, but you're not going to see anything too shocking. It's um, just a lot of softcore sex sequences. It is, so. it is, it is, which is fine, and it's 90s, and they're beautiful women, and there is only one guy who's having sex with them all. And I will say that, that the bit with the Chinese, the first, Chinese, uh, the first Japanese actress is a bit above and beyond what I was expecting from a film. But you will not see, you know, let's not forget, we'll watch a Korean movie and everything's, you know, everything's really chased. There is a Korean porn industry, but the Korean films that we watch, remember the classic, right? The great romantic drama where nary a kiss is had with anybody. Um, Hong Kong cinema was a bit like that as well. And this is, this is, this and Sex and Zen and a few other films are rightly held up because they're a bit different all right would you take your girlfriend to see it maybe not well maybe <laughs> depends how old you were but I, I i i i know you're a bit not dismissive of it but you're you're seeing it for what it is i i love this <laughs> i don't really know why and that extra feature has now made it one of my favorite films of all time it's my favourite Blu-ray of all time. I will watch that extra feature again and again. As I get older and more near their age, as a justification for me becoming an uncouth old man. <laughs> but yes, never, never let, never let people drink on TV shows. That should be along um, with uh, never working with children or animals, right? True. Um, <laughs> the film was followed up by two sequels. Um, mm-hmm. I believe that uh, the second one was released in the same year. Yeah, and has the the the, the demon god is the central character in it again. I don't know if it's the same actor, so it has it has at least some link to it. No more Amy Yip though, is there? Amy Yip, yeah, Amy Yip uh, returns to the sequel. Oh, yeah. does she? Oh, I might check that out then. <laughs> thought you, that would help you. So again, I thought that might make you want to go and watch it. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm. I, I find Amy Yip a fascinating character in, in Hong Kong cinema. Um, the sec, the sex symbol in that way, like we've had in the West or in France, you know, in French cinema, you think of your Bridget Bardot's and um, the like. I'm trying to think of a American or British equivalent. Marilyn Monroe, people like that. Yeah, Amy Yip's of that level. She is iconic. Um, Although she couldn't really act, and her body of work is tiny, she is just there's just no one like because everyone else is so chaste. Yeah, every other Hong Kong actress. There are a whole bunch of we've seen them. Yeah, there are a whole bunch of Hong Kong actresses that are faceless and they appear in one film and they get they show far more than Amy Yip does. But Amy Yip, I don't know. She's just um, I think she launched launched a million posters at the time. Uh, a, a million copycats, and uh, yeah, I, I, I'm interested in. Maybe I'll write the book. Maybe I'll write a second book about <laughs> and be less leery. 
<laughs> no, bless him. The fellow was a. Uh, I, I feel I feel mean, and uh, I, I don't mean that. And people should check out the book because people we need more writing like that. Just less of that one chapter. Um. Yeah. Sorry. Ramble as always. Yeah, that was fun. Oh, oh yes, and sorry, yes, there was one other thing about that TV show where Amy Yip is clearly bloody unhappy about the lesbian scene. <laughs> <laughs> She's really, really unhappy about it because she thinks lesbianism. They basically go on a fucking homophobic, homophobic semi rant about girls shouldn't do stuff. <laughs> Whereas the Japanese girl who isn't interviewed in it. Um, Obviously, it was quite all right with it because she just comes from a different culture. It's, it's it's fascinating insight, and it's just so rare you see people talking so openly when clearly advertising their film. <laughs> well, you know, did a lesbian scene? Really didn't like it, but uh... <laughs> it reminds me of that. Um, oh, that Dame Edna um, scene. This is an old exploitation movie where she's she's there and she's like, lesbianism has always left a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <so>. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, classic. Um, a classic. It should line. be pointed out for anyone who's not familiar with Dave Mender. Dave Mender is a guy called Barry, who um, is is his drag persona, kind of like um, oh, what was Paul O'Grady's? Yeah. Um, oh, Lily crikey. Savage, um, wasn't it? Lily Savage. Yeah. So he's an Australian comic. Who has a number of characters, but his most famous one, who bizarrely was most famous in the UK. We really latched is, onto is, it, didn't we? For some we really love Dame Edna. So yeah, it's an Australian middle-aged man dressed up as a middle-aged Australian woman. Um, we had we had lots of this. Um, what was the fella that... It was a thing in the UK in the 70s and 80s, and maybe something we need to talk about on our other show. <laughs> that, that, that RuPaul is well late to the... <laughs> Well, late to the um, show, as far as we are, we are, we have a fascination with drag artists. Dick Emery was another one who used to dress up. Um, Kenny Everett. Uh, that, Kenny Everett and also had a, again a drag persona. In, 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 Leslie Calf, wasn't it? He did the thing where he's got um, the sister of, of 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 Paul Calf, yeah. But I'm just thinking, you know, we had we had people, but Dame Edna, a lot of people, I promise you, didn't know that that was a man. But yes, she was. A wonderful character that had this amazing sort of the comedy was all around double entendres wasn't it and as you suggest that that was a fantastic line that you've just said but we yeah we just had this we've always had this love affair with drag artists in the uk as part of our um you know just the national being yet these were in times where or camp incredibly camp people like john inman even though we were horrible, you know, the society was incredibly homophobic and legally all sorts of terrible things are going on towards homosexuals. Yet on TV, we had people that were openly gay. We had men dressed as women left, right and centre. Pantomimes based on this. And um, oh, what, I had something else in my head then. It's just weird this weird double standard we had oh we had people like elton john and freddie mercury that we didn't even realize were gay well elton john was married in the uh in the 80s yeah yeah he was but he was clearly freddie gay. mercury though was in a band <laughs> called queen which should have been the big enough clue <laughs> yeah but we didn't as a society i think 
people knew but wouldn't it wasn't it was it. not accepted um, it was like um it's like homosexuality in 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 Hong Kong when you're at um, when you watch Beast Cops mm. and you got see Wong music in the start. It's like homosexuality used to be illegal. Look at where society's going now, and it's like, oh god. Oh, I mean, Chinese cinema as a whole has a real issue with. Well, I think Asian cinema as a whole, although there is there is significant queer cinema. I think in the mainstream, I think. Well, you've got in the Stephen Chow films, the fellow in the dress, haven't you? That's in with the beard. That's in all the films and. You know, he's an object of fun. Um, where are we going with this? Oh, it's because you're Damon. Yes, it was. Um, <laughs> quote. But no, <laughs> Which um, was fantastic. if you want to obviously check out um, a, a, the book on, on the movies of Amy Yip, it is uh, the movies of Amy Yip. It's by Chaz Goer, who's going to be on the show next week. So <laughs> <laughs> Stephen's going to have a glowing review to say about his book. We're 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 mate we're mates. It's all right. I have another Amy Yip thing which I'd forgotten about, but just checking out her uh, a Wikipedia entry, it's really cool. She had a nickname <laughs> called Boba, which means um, biggest breast or champion of the breast, something like. That. I think they talk about it in that interview actually, and that is literally. So when you have a bubble tea. Yeah. The boba balls, the pearl, the pearl barley, which is called boba, is literally named after Amy Yip's breasts. It was not called that. So even though bubble tea has existed longer, those names, so boba tea or the boba that put into a into a bubble tea, and even the, like, the fruity ones that we have in the UK because tapioca is fucking disgusting. That is named after her. Literally named after her tits. And I think that's magnificent because most people won't realise that that's why it's called boba. They just think that's Taiwanese for balls or something. No, it's it's slang for Amy Yip's breasts. And I think that's a wonderful thing. <laughs> it must never be forgotten. Anything else you want to bring up at all? No, I, I enjoy it. I, I get why this isn't for everybody. Um, I didn't just bring it on for the salationists. I think it's really important. So we've talked about Cat mm. 3, we've talked about Amy Yip. I think those two things are really important. Is this film the best example of Cat 3? No. Is this Amy Yip's best performance? Probably, probably not. the least offensive but Cat 3 film we can find. It, it is, but it is a marvellous, marvellous mm. release by 88 Films. Um, and I really wanted... I don't. I wanted to say that, really. That was... That was if, I know every so often I, I go off on one of these little rants, you must buy this, but this is... If you could handle having a film called Erotic Ghost Story on your shelf without asking too many questions from friends and family, give it a go. And as as you say, oh, you know, it's available on various yep. streaming platforms and it looks amazing! It's a really nice cleaned-up copy that 88 Films have obviously put out of the film, um, so definitely one worth checking out. Mm. Uh, there, definitely, I totally agree with yourself. But then it's also a really nice, yeah. colourful cover as well, which, of course, will just make it stand out all the more on your bookshelf. It will do. And, um, you know, we when we took, looked at Bride with the White Hair, we haven't talked about Chinese, but a lot of those films from this time, they, they, they look, you know, the VDVs often look washed out. And there's that fog machine, which you, funnily enough, you, you mentioned is, you, it's all used here. But so, they, they, I just, I'm just loving the time we live in, mate, because films that I watched 10, 15 years ago on crappy DVDs, or imports from Taiwan or from Hong Kong, which were fine, 
and to see them now realized in high definition or like 2k upscales and things like that and to see how good they were which actually shows you how good the people behind the camera were you know, some of the set work some of the um the camera work some of the cinematography and, and also like dressings and things like that i don't think we really appreciated until you can now see now so i'm because we wouldn't have seen most of these films at the cinema would we well now. yeah i mean you may have seen something like this at the electric where everyone's got hands on laps and a song in their heart as they used to say <laughs> <laughs> but on the whole these films this is the best yeah, these films have ever looked um and more more power to them and it's nice to see it's not arrow in this case doing it as well 88 films have got some nice films a hex was on 88 films which is another interesting one which i'd recommend people went to get um they have they have, they have a strange back catalogue but this is yeah, yeah this, is, I mean, this is a goodie so yeah I mean, yeah we obviously talk a lot about like you know about Arrow and Terracotta and Fair Window, but there are obviously other labels out there who are also getting in on the game. Eighty-eight films, as you said already, you've got Eureka, you've mm. got Masters of Cinema, um, even getting like Criterion releases um, as some of these films offer as well. So it's just generally a time still to be interested in, in Asian cinema, and the fact that the title range is only getting more weird and obscure, which is, makes it even better. Indeed, yeah, and and yeah, and and some nice artwork as well. Like I said, the erotic ghost story artwork, but there's, there's other films that eighty-eight films do with a similar sort of feel. So, yeah, okay, that's it from me. What are we doing next week, mate? So next week we are going to look at a film which was recently um, named as one of the top f- films of uh, twenty. Sorry of 2001 uh, by Kim over on Moves and Tea when they, she ran down her list of film discoveries for 2000. I ran down her list of film discoveries from 2021. Got it there. Um, and while Hand-Rolled Cigarette has just recently appeared on Netflix, we're not going to do that one. Instead, we're going to look at Time Warps as we look at Beyond the Infinite 2 Minutes. <gasps> oh, Excellent. I haven't so, seen that yet, but apparently it's fantastic. Yeah, it was a favourite of the uh, festival circuit. It got warm reviews, certainly over Fantasia as well. Um, and certainly it made um, Kim's list of uh, top 10 list of 2021 20, films that uh, she had seen. Um, so definitely going to be checking that one out as well. And if uh, you do um, like uh, Time Warps, check out Bob Wheat's Time Warp podcast called Time and Time Again. Uh, where he initially did a breakdown of every time loop in Groundhog Day, and is currently on a Twilight Zone kick. So, um, if you want to look at uh, time warp films in a really in-depth way, give that a look as well. But and, um, and also, let's just mention, I'm on one of those episodes. <laughs> and, and I'm in one of the Twilight Zone episodes, and I think friend of the show Emily's on a couple as well. She is, um, and for myself, I was recently on the Akira Minute, covering minutes mm. 80 to 85, um, so you can check that out on their feed, and hear what it was a very random week of recording. <laughs> <laughs> but the best minutes, right? 
I it's between my you know just between us and the listeners when they asked me to like go on I actually messed up the minutes and was actually about 10 minutes ahead. Right. Um so I thought it was like when you know the big dome comes out of the earth and we see the Akira vials but no the minute 80 is when the helicopter crashes across the street and we end basically with the bridge just about to collapse but Ironically, eight minute eighty one is when the bridge collapses. This great sequence, but I ended on minute eighty, so I got to see a bunch of pillars rise up and then it ends. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, really fun show to record. That one was uh, also was on the Forgotten Filmcast talking about Turkey Shoot, which is a Brian Trenchard Smith exploitation movie. So, so far for. Um, Todd over there, I've talked about Kung Fu movies because I did 8 Diagram Pole Fighter I talked about Black Exploitation doing The Human Tornado and now I've got to talk about Exploitation um, talk about Turkey Shoot so, you know, we're here, there and everywhere at the moment we are Indeed But um, if you would like to find out more of our uh, resources, check out our blog which is asiansilverfilmclub.wordpress.com which has got our complete archive episodes We've got the Battle Royale podcast, we've got David Brooks' film vote, we've got the anime vote, we've got the mixtape. There's so much great stuff on there, so go check that out. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Our Facebook page in particular is a real happening place, and we post something pretty much new, something new pretty much every day. And uh, we have some fun conversations and interactions over there. Not just Asian cinema, but also pop culture as well. And until next time, thank you for, as always for listening. Here's to a wonderful new year of Asian cinema discoveries. Thank you, of course, to my co-host, Stephen. Pleasure. Hey! 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 This podcast is a proud member of the Lamb Podcasting Network. Find the network at largeassmovieblogs.com.